This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Ned's collection of full-spectrum hemp oil products, including oils, body butter, lip balm, and their unique natural cycle collection for women. You can get 15% off today with free shipping by going to www.helloned.com slash nomeat. That's www.helloned.com slash nomeat and use the code nomeat. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Now we're going to be talking about some of my failures today, but <laughs> but I have uh, I have something I'm, I'm pretty excited about. Some news I'm excited to share with everyone. Okay. Um, as uh, regular listeners of the podcast know, I have several times in my past uh, in past episodes talked about how I would like to try intermittent fasting, uh-huh. and how I never actually got got it off the ground and did it for any substantial amount of time. Right. That was even a. It was even a joke on the vegan crew. Someone said, "Oh, Doug and his and his, his little things." <laughs> his little things. Yeah, you know, I, I, we have a guest on. I get excited about it. It right. sounds really cool, and then uh, I just never, never, never take action. Well, I'm excited to say that I am a part. I have joined uh, people in the Nomi Athlete community with the 30 day intermittent fasting challenge i'm now on day four uh-huh. and i am crushing it wow that's exciting good for yeah. you doug taking action i know taking action i did i'm taking a small steps approach day one was just uh 12 12 okay and um it was so easy that two and three were uh 13 11 and today okay. i'm doing 14 10 and i think i'm gonna stay here for the rest of the week okay. at least so, I, I mean, starting too easy is, is good, right? It feels like you're, uh, I mean, it feels like it's a slower start than it needs to be, but it also just makes it seem easy, gives you confidence. Yeah, and, right. It I gave mean, me constant, you know, right. It, it like, it demystified it a little bit. It, yeah. uh, you know, after 12 hours you know, on that first day, I was like, oh, I could totally keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did not that first day, but then, but I had decided right then, I was like, you know, tomorrow I'm going to do 13. Yeah. And, and it's just, it hasn't, it hasn't been nearly as bad as I thought. You know the the tricky thing is is um, strategizing when I take my or like because we we talk about this oftentimes I'll have a beer or a glass of wine after dinner. Mm-hmm. Not um, this year though. Not this year though. I've been cutting it back, right? And so like now it's like okay, it just is like reinforcing that decision, right? To uh, to not have something after dinner, right? Because if you know it's something as simple as drinking a glass of wine is is then going against the fast, so that means like. I have to push it back another hour or an hour and a half when I would have been sipping that glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Um, when now I can just like stop when I actually finish dinner, and then you know, and then I don't have to wait as long the next day. Yeah, very cool. I've I've uh, I mean, this is slightly unrelated, but I've heard people to talk about when they talk about fasting. One of the cool things about it is like once you once you know you're not eating during a lot of the hours when you used to eat, uh, it starts to feel like you have all this extra time. Because so much of your focus isn't on like what what am I making now or eating and it's just like if you're eating stuck in this one window, you forget about it. I mean not that you entirely forget about it, but that it kind of just it feels like there's all this freedom suddenly around. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my wife Erin is also doing the challenge, Doug. You probably knew that. I did. Uh, she has been an on and off inter- intermittent faster, but I think she was I think she was looking for the I don't know. She liked the kind of group the group dynamic here and the reason to just do it. So. I mean, it's a lot of people who are doing it, right? Like, yeah, there's five hundred some, at least. Yeah, probably seven hundred or wow. or more. Very cool. Yeah, good. 
So if you're listening to this and you'd like to join, it's too late. You missed it. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it started it started March 1st. Uh, you can you can actually still go join and, and get okay. all the resources uh, and then just kind of start your 30 days a little bit late. Um, but you have missed the vote on the initial start of it on March 1st. But 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 that's okay because you can still join at snowmanathlete.com slash... Uh, uh, let me see here. You think we would have announced this uh, a week ago and told Well, we, we planned to, and then we. <laughs> oh, did we? Yeah, and then, and then we. What? Uh, let's. Gosh, what is it? Intermittent fasting. See now, the proof is this was not meant to be an ad. We were just, we were just right. starting the show with. The yeah, story, I was, I was just story. excited to um, yeah, <laughs> to share some of my my good news here. Uh, okay, well. I'm gonna find it real quick while right. you while you update us on what's going on in your life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not not that much. I've been sick, um, but as far as intermittent fasting goes, it did mean that I got a little extra wine yesterday, actually, because uh, oh. I was I was because Aaron had her fasting thing beginning, and I was ready to pour two glasses. We had we had it's one of those things where you had like a quarter of a wine bottle left, and it's it's enough for like a tiny glass for two people. Uh-huh. And then I, I said, I would get you glass, but I know you're doing the intermittent fasting, so I'll just have it all to myself. <laughs> and I did that, and it was, and it was good. Um, <laughs> but, then, but then, as as fate would have it, the wine glass got kicked over on our carpet by my daughter <laughs> like 10 minutes later. Uh, so I, I probably drank the amount that I would have had I been sharing it. Oh, that's, that's kind of funny. All right, so I found it. It's um, okay. nomadathlete.com slash if-challenge-info. So if dash challenge dash info there you go and i further proof this was not meant course, to be an ad stands for intermittent intermittent fasting yes good uh anyway all right yeah. so let's talk about uh something else doug and that is that i woke up on saturday morning and there was a whole bunch of unexpected snow on the ground and one of my first thoughts was that doug is on top of the highest peak east of the mississippi at this point <laughs> And wondering what it was like up there. I know you didn't go all the way to the top because they shortened the race from 40 miles to 26. Yep. Uh, but I actually haven't heard... I heard you say that it went great, but unless you were talk, responding to something else in Slack, I actually wasn't sure. Um, <laughs> so I don't know how it went, and I'm, and I'm curious about how it did go. Uh, yeah, that's right. So this um, past Saturday was the Mount Mitchell Challenge, which um, if you run the full course, starts downtown Black Mountain, runs to the top of Mount Mitchell, the highest point east of the Mississippi. It's basically a straight-up course, and then you turn around and come straight back down. Uh, this would have been my seventh running, or this was my seventh running of the race, which was pretty cool. It's actually uh, one of the one of the first times that we hung out in Asheville. Oh yeah, soon after That's you right. moved, you came out and cheered me on, which was mm-hmm. great. Before 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 uh, soon after you moved, before we moved. Right, you hadn't lived yet. Um, and uh, I just have a lot of lot of love for this race i just think it's one of the best things that this community does the running community does um but unfortunately two days before the race they were calling for 10 inches of snow at the top of the mountain and uh negative six degree wind chill Mm. high in the high temp of 13 degrees and um the park decided to revoke the the permit for safety reasons, I think mm-hmm. mostly for, you know, access for safety people, you know, the fire and rescue and also for volunteers and, and runners, you know, just not being out there in that kind of temperature. So it was definitely a bummer. This is the second time this has happened uh, since I've been running the race. So it's a bummer not to be able to go to the top, but they didn't cancel the race. They 
basically send you three quarters or two thirds of the way up and then you turn around and you kind of come back down. So you just kind of miss out on the peak. But sure enough, when we woke up Saturday morning, very unexpectedly, there was two or three inches of snow on the ground. I probably wouldn't have even noticed until, except that a friend texted me and said, well, this was unexpected. I look out the window and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is very unexpected. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, I don't even know how I'm going to get to the race. <laughs> so I ended up walking and jogging there. Um, not because three inches is not something I could handle, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. The roads hadn't, you know, it was early. The roads hadn't been touched. Right. Just didn't want to get stuck or anything like that. So, um, it was kind of an all day in the snow event and it was cold and snowy, but, uh, it was just really fun. And it was a couple days after making a decision to, drop out of Hellbender, which uh, I'm going to, we're going to be discussing here today. Right. That's the 100 um, miler. That you were that's the 100 miler that, yep, that I had been working towards. Um, a couple days after deciding to do that, so I was in a pretty kind of low point of like mentally with the training. So to have a really good day where I just had a lot of fun, I ran a pretty good race. It was a little bit slower than the last time I ran, at, ran this course, um, but just felt really good. And I don't know, it was a good day. That's cool. Very good. Yeah. I mean, any so a little slower than last time, but but I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you felt. I mean, I don't even know how you how do you measure those things when you when you're an ultra runner and you do hundred milers fairly often. Not that you've done that many, but what have you done five, six of them now? Five. Yep. Yeah. And so when you go out and do a marathon, I mean, you're not necessarily looking to PR. I mean, how do you even measure success? Just if it if it went okay, was fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, it would have been cool to PR. I think that the snow had something to do with that, slowing mm-hmm. me down. Um, uh, I was about 10 minutes off of that course's PR. It was nowhere near my marathon PR, but um, that mm-hmm. course's PR. Right. Uh, you know, but I think, like, the, the important thing to me was to feel like I actually went out and, and ran it and, and, you know, kind of pushed myself, didn't mm-hmm. lollygag, but to still have, have, like, a good time and... Uh, you know, enjoy and embrace the adventure. I, d- I really didn't want to hate it. I didn't want to fall apart and have to walk in the last five or 10 yeah. miles, you know. Yeah. I wanted to, like, run it and run it pretty well, and, and I felt like I, I ran a smartish race for where I was, you know, training-wise. And mm-hmm. um, and I don't know, it's just a good, like, mental boost, and that was what I was hoping to get out of it. Yeah, good. Well, that is a positive. Let's talk about, uh, you know, I guess what could be the negative, but it depends probably how you how you present it and how you spin it. And that is uh, what you mentioned, that, that a few days before that, you decided, dropped out of out of Hellbender, which is a very difficult 100-miler. You've done it before. Have you done it twice before or just once? Done it twice before. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but but one of the toughest there is in the East, for sure. Uh, maybe the toughest, I don't know. Um, and I guess this, this run was probably originally meant to be a training run for that, right? Or just part of the... It was, yep. Um, and so to take a step back, so this is something we've talked about in, in kind of previous episodes about, in particular one, uh, about burning the boats, mm-hmm. whether, you know, you should burn the boats, uh, meaning that you set a goal that's ambitious and it's kind of all or nothing, or whether you kind of take a more relaxed approach and just kind of go out for the experience. And, um, and, you know, to, to, to kind of walk through what Hellbender has meant for me in the last two years the first year that i ran it two years ago um it was i just hated the race for about the last 50 miles of it and um fell apart was in a really bad mental state when i was done i was like when i finished i was so done with it 
wanted nothing to do with it. Just <laughs> had, mm-hmm. had really, even though the course was awesome and, um, you know, the race itself was really well run, I just didn't have a very good race. The next year, the whole goal was to finish the race and be happy about it, to have like a good time doing it. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter how long it took, didn't matter anything. In fact, it was actually a little bit faster, but that was because I didn't fall apart as much. Um, and, and I did, I successfully had a good time with it, but it was still quite a bit slower than I knew that I had the potential to, to run. And so this year the goal had been all along, uh, and that's something I had announced here and announced elsewhere as kind of a burn the boats type of thing of, I want, I have a certain time goal. I want to go sub 30 hours, which was about two and a half hours faster than last year. Um, I, I want to really race it. I don't care if it hurts. I don't care if I go to a dark spot. I want to like put everything I have out there and see how fast I can do this race. Mm-hmm. Um, and in order to do that, the assumption was that I would be in the best shape I've been in for the three years that I've been training for this race. Right. Uh, and, and what I realized a couple weeks ago, as I was looking back at my training and kind of looking at how soon it, Hellbender was, Hellbender is now a month away. Um, I was just so far from where I pictured myself being at this point ahead of, ahead of this year's race. Mm-hmm. And in reality, I was probably quite a bit less fit than I was be- before last year's race and maybe even the year before. Okay. And so to think about, to think about still trying to chase that, that time goal was pretty much like there's just no way that's going to happen. And, um, and so then what that left me with was the decision of, okay, do I still run it because I've said I'm going to do it and I've signed up for it and I've told everybody I'm going to do it. Do I still run it and probably end up really suffering most of the time and having a hard race and not hitting that and coming anywhere close to that time goal? Or do I say, you know what, this was not my year. I'm not going to, I'm not going to reach that goal boats sunk to the bottom of the ship <laughs> i mean to the to the bottom of the sea and i should just let this one go and um i have never dropped out of a race before i mean so i i dnf'd the pitchell run you know i didn't finish the pitchell run that another episode that we've talked about before mm-hmm. um but uh that i've never n- i've never not started a race mm-hmm. and um and it was a pretty big decision like i mean it was kind of like ego was very, very much involved <laughs> mm-hmm. in, uh, in what that, you know, and, and kind of making that decision of like, you know, should I run this race because I said I was going to run it, you know, should I right. do it just because I said I was going to do it. And, yeah. um, ultimately I decided I shouldn't. Hmm. Well, sorry about that. Of course. <laughs> um, it is interesting though. I mean, just to think about how it, how it works with all these different things we're talking about. Like, so I, I guess my first thought was that, that maybe you didn't actually burn the boats ever in your mind. If, if you were, if, if it was even an option to drop out mm. leading up to it, because I, you know, when, when we talked about the burning the boats thing, um, I guess, I mean, you didn't, you talked about it briefly here, but like the, the whole idea is that you just, you tell everyone about it. It's, it's your thing, you know, all your, your, chips are kind of in on this one bet and if it doesn't work out it's disaster it's embarrassing it's it's you know you're humiliated because you you really went for it right? just like if you burned your boats before a battle trying to take an island and and then you were losing there's no there's no come backing out right you're, you're done so 
I, I just, I guess, I mean, I don't know. I think he, I don't even remember that you that you said like you were really ready to fully say I'm going for this. And yeah, and I'm, I'm not sure that I did. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So, I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, to to fully really do that, I think the point of doing that, right, is that it makes it so that that it would inspire you that you you'd have to start training and getting in shape earlier, and maybe immediately after declaring that, because pretty soon you'd be scared and saying, okay, this is going to look really bad if I if I don't ever even get in shape for the race that I, that I said I was, that I'm, you know, actively telling people that I'm doing, uh, and, and swearing I'm going to break this certain time. So that's, that's my first one. Maybe, maybe you didn't fully commit to begin with if, if it never, you know, if the Mm. training never really took the way that you had hoped it would. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that's accurate or fair or not, but just, just a, a guess as to maybe what, what happened. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I mean it, that's certainly a fair guess. I I'd say, um, I you know I I think that in my mind I, I probably did commit more than maybe I, I let on on this podcast and and uh, I certainly shared it with Trail Talk listeners, the mm-hmm. my other podcast. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so so I think in my mind I, I had pretty fully committed to it, but obviously there was I mean there was something that. Um, you know, there was some sort of hang up or some sort of out or something that, uh, you know, every weekend when I was planning my long run, you know, and, and opting for a shorter long run, right. you know, it just, right. uh, you know, I mean, I, yeah. I, it wasn't stressing me out until I realized I was six weeks away and, and like, well, this is bad. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? Okay. So my next question is, assuming you actually did make some form of commitment and of course you did not assuming you did make this commitment in your head if if you had in trail talk and if I, even if i didn't hear that much of it then it doesn't doesn't mean that much to you you had you had decided you were doing this thing and you were going to break 30 hours mm-hmm. do you think that and, and this would be t- totally natural if it did do you think that might have contributed to you deciding to drop out rather than just go ahead and and get it done get another 100 miler done or are, are you pretty sure that like you don't have interest in you know doing what you've already done again just showing up and finishing and having a good time and if you're going to do it again you're going to do it for this other reason that's a great question and uh you know i think i, I kind of have an answer to that um but let's leave it for cliffhanger here and, and go ahead and thank oh, our man. sponsor <laughs> oh man okay uh. what a teaser uh. This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Ned's collection of full-spectrum hemp oil products, which contains CBD extract from the finest organic hemp plants. And Matt, let me tell you, I've really been relying on the Ned's this week. After after the Mitchell run, uh, I had sores in all kinds of places and a lot of back pain, which is new to mm. me. Um, yeah, from, which was very weird. But I've been using the full-spectrum oil at night. I have been rubbing their... Uh, body butter all over my sore spots and uh, a couple days later I'm feeling very good you know of course I think it just contributed to a lot of different recovery tools that we use but uh, I just think that 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 CBD oil the hemp oil and Ned's products uh, have really contributed to that yeah we are big fans of Ned's in my house Uh, the aforementioned Erin my wife uh, uses the uh, hemp oil every night and I've been a big fan of the body butter myself rub it on the hands for a little uh, you know, just get some nice soft hand skin and get a little relaxation mm-hmm. going. From seed to bottle, Ned's Premium small batch products are slow crafted to deliver superior quality while supporting independent farmers, communities, and the environment. Check out their oils, body butters, lip balms, and a collection specifically for women by women. 
to help with menstrual discomfort and hormone balance at www.helloned.com slash no meat. And you can get 15% off today with free shipping by using the code no meat at checkout. That's www.helloned.com slash no meat and use the code no meat. All right. So I think the question, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the question was, was setting the 30 hour time goal kind of the reason why um, I felt like I needed to, to drop out? Like if I had just, if I just said, I'm going to run another hundred miler, I'm going to do Hellbender again, would I have dropped out? Yes. I mean, the setting the time goal and then also whatever extent you think that like more than just setting a goal, you like really said, this is what I'm doing or I'm not doing it. Yeah. Uh, the, the burning the boats idea. Like, yeah. Do you think, had it just been a normal hundred miler, do you think you wouldn't have? Not normal. I mean, still the same difficult hundred miler, right. but you know, you're someone who does these. So like. To you, that's that's normal, and I'm just like, I don't know. Do you think you would have had had it not been for all this talk about time goals? Would it have been easier to just do this one? Well, yeah. I mean, so that's a great question. I mean, I think that I think it did. I think it contributed a lot to that. Um, this was probably the first time that I or also I did a 24 hour race, and I really wanted to hit 100 miles. So I guess that one kind of uh, had a time goal slash distance goal um, involved in it. But really, this this was the first time that. I was approaching a hundred miler with a real goal of event to finish. Um, and, and what, as I was making the decision, what I kept kind of coming back to was, do I want to run this to finish another hundred miler? Do I want the adventure of a hundred miler? Do I want the experience of it? You know, I have really valued that every time I've done it. And it's been this really powerful and motivating thing for me. Do I, do I need and want that again right now with the understanding that it's going to be really, really hard and take me to some dark places um, during that run? And also, I mean, the the after effect of most of my 100 milers, especially this hellbender the last two years, has been that it's kind of totally destroyed my training for the next several months because it's been just so hard to get back and get motivated mm-hmm. um, because it was so difficult, because it was this this huge mountain to climb over and once i once i climbed over it once i got past it it just made it that much more difficult to um to kind of want to keep going so it, it would set back my training and um to a place you know to a place that i would prefer not to go you know mm-hmm. um and and so the question became is do i want do i crave another 100 mile finish enough to go through that pain and you know, kind of set back my running for the next six months or would I rather, cause I'm really enjoying the running that I'm doing right now or would I rather embrace this training that I am doing, maybe set some smaller goals, some easier goals, more obtainable goals that aren't going to set me back. Um, and, and kind of focus on those and kind of move forward for the next year instead of doing this one really big thing and then just kind of, you know, suffering the consequences because of it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I I completely understand that line of thinking, and I tend to believe that is the right way to live when it comes to all different kinds of choices. Um, I don't know. I just think I think a lot of times people think that if they started something, they need to finish it. Right. And I, I'd say about ten years ago, I started to learn that like that's and I, I don't know. I just sort of always thought that was how it should be. You should finish what you start. I don't really think that anymore. I think. Uh, I think I like the poker analogy of like, of uh, 
you know, if, if, I don't know if anyone, if, if you have ever played poker, obviously played poker, but like looked at it and studied it or anything like that. And like a lot of times we've talked about this a long time ago, but like the, the correct play that the book will tell you is either to go all in, like completely say, I'm, I'm in on this one. Like, this is as good as it gets for me. This is as good as, as odds as I'm going to see, uh, I'm going for it or fold. And the, you would think that if both of those choices are good, then the middle ground would be fine too. But very often, many times in poker, this situation comes up where, where that middle ground choice is the completely wrong one. Folding or going all in would be, would be mm. acceptable. Um, and I think that that applies a lot of times, and it sounds like it does here. Like, you know, to, to, to call and just sort of not, not fully commit to this race, not fully go for it, and also not save all the time that you save by not, you know, training so that you can get this 100 miles done. Right. Um, I don't know. I think to call would kind of be a mistake. I mean, unless you're someone who just who just really, really values that idea of finishing what you start and it's important to you that you get, you know, that, that just finishing another 100 is, is, is that that's going to be worth it. But I don't know. I think, I think a lot of times if you can't really do something, then you're probably better off, you know, saving up for the next thing you really can do. Uh, right. And, and not... Not just going for it. I don't know. It happens all the time. Like books, right? Reading books, you get three quarters of the way through a book, and then it's just a slog fest, and you hate it. Um, I've been, I've, I've finished many of those books, and then I always, I always say, why didn't I just stop three quarters in? Like it's, I could have just saved that time, but no, I had to have another, had to be able to say that I finished this book. Mm-hmm. Not the same as running a hundred milers, but I mean, but I think, uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I think people are really afraid not to finish stuff, and. I think I think a lot of times it's the right choice. If you can't really go for it and you're not all in about it, then you know, dump it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think that that's just such a hard thing because if I had dumped all my, you know, if I had dumped training every time it wasn't perfect, like mm-hmm. I, I would have run half of the races that I've run, you know. And uh, for the most part, I'm really glad I ran all those races. Right. <laughs> um, you know, so so it's just it's it's so hard to. Know when to hold them and know when to fold them. You know, that's something I had to do. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's hard to like to know whether uh, you're just you're just using it as an excuse to not do something hard mm-hmm. because it hasn't been perfect, right? Or or whether it's really the right move. Yeah, that's that is very true, and I think probably the answer lies in the reason you're doing it right if the reason is because it hasn't been perfect then you're right that's that's an excuse not to do it and if you if because nothing is ever perfect then you're not gonna get anything done that way but i think it's like if you can't fully commit to doing it and if it's if the rest of the time is going to be kind of a you know you're mailing it in because you committed this thing and you you feel like you need to get it done but it's not doing anything for you Mm -hmm. then then yeah, I mean, then I think it's not worth it. But you're right. It's like you. It's not easy just to define a rule and say, well, we'll just stick to that rule, because it, it's obviously in the person's head. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> don't know what else to say. Yeah. Yeah. I don't either. So anyway, so, but but I, I felt like this was a good a good topic to talk about because you know it, it has been it's probably something that a lot of people. A lot of people ask themselves when they're training for a race uh, of whether to just go for it or whether to to pull the plug, and um, it's a it's a really tough decision. And it uh, it's been it's been I've been grieving the decision a little bit, even though I think it's very much the right one, mm-hmm. um, uh, because you know it's kind of a I take pride in 
running hundred milers and I take pride in, you know, accomplishing what I set myself out to do. Right. Uh, and so it's hard when, when that doesn't happen. Yeah, it is hard, but I mean, you still, you still went out and ran a, a tough marathon days after deciding to stop. Sure. What, to me, if I'm, if I'm going to quit something, I think I'd really quit. I think I'd just be done. I'm <laughs> not thinking about running for the next few months. And I don't know, but, but you know, you're a different, different runner than I am for sure. Uh, <laughs> So I wouldn't be too ashamed. I think I think it's good that it's obvious that you're still in the game if you're still still going up and doing a race like that. Um, I'm curious though, what uh, what's next now? Now now that you don't have to put all that energy into running this hundred miler and then having your training be trashed for months afterwards, what uh, I don't know. Are you thinking about anything yet, or is it just is it just take a break from that type of thinking? Uh, well, actually, I can vamp. So. Um... I am headed out to Mendocino to do the Mendocino Coast 50K. Sid Garza Hillman, mm-hmm. our buddy's uh, race, um, yep. and it, it's it's three weeks after Hellbender. And I was just gonna kind of get out there and see what happened. Um, and but now, like, I have an opportunity to actually kind of put in some 50K training, right? Um, and you know, kind of focus and prioritize that run, which uh, is much more reasonable as far as a time commitment goes for what I'd like to do and kind of more in line of the type of running I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it kind of works out pretty well. Like maybe this is a chance to really try to go after that race and yeah. see, you know, this would be my third time running that race too. So I have, you know, a pretty good idea of what I'm capable of on that course. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Are you willing to burn the boats on that one, Doug, until I commit <laughs> to a PR or something or a win of the race? <laughs> not a win i've never <laughs> i've never come close to winning the race but um yeah i mean uh it'd be it'd be cool to pr i think i could do it i think i, I think i probably could there you go good well then uh perfect silver lining and also i think i think perfect uh attitude right instead of instead of doing what i would do and say well i'm, I'm not gonna run for a while or think about that um you know you just you just kind of redirect that energy a little bit differently into something that right now running 31 miles is something that that you you can imagine being in perhaps the best shape maybe maybe, i don't know i don't know but like being in something close to the best shape you've been for a 50k Mm uh whereas whereas for whatever reason you're just you're just not going to be in that kind of shape for 100 so uh i think it's cool perfect i like uh i like the attitude and i like that it's that it's you know you're still putting the effort in just for something else yeah good all right. Well, Doug, thank you for, for sharing, being open about failures or things that may look like failure, but perhaps aren't. <laughs> um, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for, thanks for the chat. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.